Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Monday the 30th of September. Coming up, flooding hits Kent. Going to be mopping out, trying to basically put the pub back to the way it was before it got turned into a swimming pool. Work starts to install new gas mains. Nobody appreciates roadworks and, and we understand that and we, you know, we're working hard to make sure that we can get the project complete, completed as quickly as possible. Dina Asher-Smith wins medal at World Athletics Championships. Obviously I'm a competitor so when I first crossed the line I was like oh I didn't win, that's annoying but I'm really really happy to have come away with a silver medal in that race. Kent Online News. Well, first, there's been flooding in parts of Kent today following exceptionally high tides. Warnings and alerts have been enforced in several parts of the county and some roads, parks and properties have been affected by the rising water. Luke works behind the bar at the Riverside Tavern pub in Medway, which flooded overnight. Uh, I was working last night, but I left before the pub flooded and it was put on the work group chat how bad it was and that they needed help. So I decided to pop down and help in any way I can. I was a bit shocked at the pictures, but I didn't realise it was as bad as it actually is until I got down here. Gonna be mopping out, trying to basically put the pub back to the way it was before it got turned into a swimming pool. And Christina's been chatting to the pub's landlord, Luke Gallagher. We got a phone call from the Environment Agency and they, uh, they, well, they said, do you want some sandbags? So. I thought we well, must be serious if they're offering me sandbags. And um, yes, yeah, so I think it was about four o'clock in the afternoon they, we got the call. And then I got a warning from Floodline. And then I got another warning from, I think might be might have been somebody from Airway Council. I can't remember, we had like three warnings all at the same time. So normally don't get that. So we, we kind of thought it was definitely going to flood. And what time did it start? Did you start noticing it? Uh, well, the... I think it was about quarter to three, half past two, quarter to three, they actually started to come in the building. I mean, it was all, it was all sort of flat. The garden was always uh, was flooded first and the road, but that, that does quite often happen without it coming into the building. But, uh, but I think it was about half past two, it was starting to come in the building, so. So what was your initial reaction? Just get all the furniture out? Well, we, we, we put all the furniture up high. We sort of planned for that. Um, when it, yeah, when it, it's, it's still it's devastating when it comes in, you know. It's, I mean, we're, we're a pub right by the river, so it's to be expected, but it, it's still horrible to see when you've got water gushing through your doors, you know. And I mean, like you said, you, you are right by the river. Has this ever happened to you before? You know, is it quite expected here? Uh, it has happened before. I mean, this, this pub has, has flooded many times in its history, but... It's not not as often as people might think, but I think the last sort of big flood we had was 2013, around sort of December time. So this is the worst one since then. And yeah, obviously, just in terms of the business, you know, it must be, well, you know, you're kind of losing a day's, half a day's trade at least today. Yeah. Obviously, you lost trade yesterday. You know, what kind of effect does it have? Yeah, well, it has a big effect. I mean. Um, some of your viewers might be aware from a previous story we've done about all the roadworks. We, we're still sort of struggling with that. And um, that, on top of this, is very, very unhelpful. It's a very unwelcome flood. Not that there's ever a welcome flood, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and in terms of the damage, you know, obviously, it looks like it's done quite a lot outside. But is there any uh, inside as well that you can tell? 
Yeah, we can't. It's hard because we we're phasing some of the electric back on. Um, we know that we've lost a couple of fridges for sure, um, but obviously our kitchen. We've got a lot of a, a, you know kitchen equipment we haven't tested yet because we don't want to put the electric on too soon. We want to let everything dry out a bit. So at the moment, what we know is a few fridges. Hopefully not much more. But aside from that, structurally, I think the building's fine. Um, and just, you know, obviously, you are here by the river, but looking at it now, it obviously the tide's out. It doesn't look like a threat at all, but obviously, you know, this is something that has happened before. Do you think there could be any more protection put in place to prevent it from happening on this scale? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, over that we've got the new flood defences that they've they've built up they sort of stop at the pub i mean we did know that when they when they did the plans i think we realistically medway council probably could have joined it up to us you know maybe we could have raised the wall a little bit it would have would have helped but they have stopped the uh flood defense on either side of us so we're like a like a little puddle or like a little pocket for water when it floods i mean it's such a big body of water it's going to come in but yeah, I, there is, I, I think there could be better protection here for sure. The Environment Agency say they're closely monitoring the situation near rivers and around the coast. They're urging us to take extra care along beaches, promenades and coastal footpaths, particularly during high tides. With a yellow weather warning for heavy rain in force tomorrow, it's feared there could be even more flooding over the next few days. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, a man's been taken to a London hospital with serious injuries after being attacked at a pub in Rochester. It happened at the Eagle Tavern on the High Street on Saturday night. Detectives are keen to speak to anyone who saw the assault. A cat's died in a house fire near Gillingham. Crews were called to Rycourt Close in Parkwood late last night to tackle the blaze, which is thought to have started in a tumble dryer. They tried to give the animal oxygen, but it didn't survive. More than 10 months of work to install new gas mains along one of Kent's busiest roads is underway. Around £1.8 million is being spent on upgrading the supply network along the A2 between Upchurch and the Key Street Roundabout. Now, you might remember a stretch of the road in Newington was shut in the summer because of several leaks. Well, Bradley Barlow is from SGN, who are doing the work. We have been working in the area quite recently to make multiple uh, repairs to multiple gas escapes um, in the A2 um, and it's been deemed necessary that we need to replace a large stretch of our gas pipes in the A2 um, so we are going to be working from the junction with Oak Lane in, in uh, the junction with London Road and Oak Lane working along uh, the A2 progressing eastwards towards the roundabout with Key Street um, it's, we're going to be working in phases, in about 11 phases in total, um, and they're going to be in different lengths of 100 and between 100 and 900 metre sections. Um, and the work we're expecting to take around about approximately 42 weeks, um, and we'll be taking a, a short break for a couple of weeks over Christmas as well, so that uh, people can get around on the festive season. We're spending, well, investing £1.8 million into this project um, and what we're doing is we're replacing all of the old metal gas pipes that have been 
in the road for many years and we're replacing them with durable, long-lasting uh, yellow plastic pipes um, which have a, a, a lifetime uh, of around about 80 years. Um, so they're much more durable, they're much more reliable and it should mean that we wouldn't have to return um, back to the A2 to, to make replacements in that area um, for a long while to come. The stretch in total is uh, 4.5 kilometres, so it's quite a, quite a long stretch, um, and which is why it's going to take uh, the amount of time it is. Um, I should say as well that the road isn't, kind of, we're, not, we're not closing the A2, or we're not planning to close the A2, uh, we will have temporary uh, traffic lights in place that will move along the road as we progress eastwards. Um, we may need to, uh, uh, there may be some effect on some of the side roads, so Oak Lane we're going to be making uh, one way so people coming from uh, Oak Lane won't be able to turn into London Road. Um, and that we may have similar things uh, as we, we move along the A2, but it's, it's hard to know until we actually uh, get closer to those side junctions. Obviously, you know, nobody appreciates roadworks and, and we understand that and we, you know, we're working hard to make sure that we can get the project complete, completed as quickly as possible. Um, I think traffic flow is going to be kind of a key issue with, with on, on a lot of customers' minds um, and for that reason we'll be manually controlling the lights uh, Monday to Friday between 7.30 in the morning and 7.30 in the evening and also on Saturdays between 8 and 5 as well. Um, the lights will still be in operation um, automatically outside of these times as well but hopefully by manually operating them people will be able to get around uh, on their day-to-day -day business as usual. And you can see when the work will be done in phases in our story online. Kent Online reports. A deal shop that sells bath bombs infused with CBD has had its PayPal account frozen because the cannabis oil is illegal in America. The owners of Bon Bomb, who started selling them at the beginning of the year, say the decision doesn't make sense because the company is still working with other traders who sell it. They've now had to ask customers to make bank transfers instead of card payments. Kent Online's been told 44,000 people went to see the Knife Angel sculpture while it was on display at Rochester Cathedral. Two and a half thousand children also visited the eight-metre-high statue which is designed to raise awareness of knife crime. The artwork, which is made of 100,000 knives, is now making its way to Derby Cathedral. New opening times at libraries across Kent come into force today. It's after we were asked last year about planned changes in a bid to save money. There are just short of 100 libraries in Kent and five mobile ones to reach more remote communities. We've got details of the opening times for the one near you at Kent Online. And Kent Paralympian Will Bailey has made it through to the next week of Strictly. The table tennis player from Tunbridge Wells was joint fifth on the leaderboard after his salsa with partner Jeanette over the weekend. Olympic rower James Cracknell became the first celebrity to be booted off after facing ex-England footballer David James in the dance-off. Kent Online Sport. Kent's Dina Asher-Smith has made history at the World Athletics Championships, becoming the first British woman to win an individual sprint medal for 36 years. She won silver in the 100 metres with Jamaica's Shelly Ann Fraser-Price taking gold. Dina spoke to Sky Sports News after the final last night. I'm really, really happy to have come away with a silver medal in that race. I mean, 
mean, um, and to have run a national record and a personal best as well. That's all you can ask for in a World Championships final. If you want to perform well and you want to perform to the best of your ability, this is the place to do it. It's been a lot of hard work, a lot of self-belief and a lot of intelligent thinking from both, um, well, obviously the people around me, my coach John, my um, physios Martin and Gordon, my S&C Ruben, but also, yeah, just a lot of... of um, discipline from myself I think more importantly and, and precision in my training obviously I'm a competitor so when I first crossed the line I was like oh I didn't win that's annoying but um, and I wasn't quite sure where I'd come because when you're running um, even though maybe it might have been clear to you guys that I got a silver when you're running in your peripheral vision I could see quite a few girls and I was like please don't tell me I came like fifth please because I don't want to not come fifth again but um when I saw silver in a national record, I was really, really happy that I was did my best performance ever right now. It's been some disappointment over the small crowds in the stadium in Doha, but the 23-year-old says she doesn't want to be too negative. I mean, obviously, I think the women's 100 is the best of all. Women's sprint's the best event, completely biased, thank you. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't say it's a shame, I don't be negative. I just think that um, every country has different cultures. And if you're racing in the Caribbean, that would have been packed out for the sprints. If you were racing in Germany, everybody would have been gathered around the throws, they would have been gathered around the discus and the javelin. And you saw last night for the 10K, all the fans came out, the Ethiopian fans, the Kenyan fans. So I think different events just do well in different countries. And um, that's why I think it's also important that as a collective of athletes, we all go around the world and we all go to different corners of the world and we try and invite fans and entice fans to love the sport that I think that we're all biased and thinking is the best sport in the world. <laughs> On to football now, and it was a disappointing trip to Oxford United for Gillingham over the weekend. They were beaten 3-0 in their latest League One match. The Jills conceded all of the goals in the first half. His manager, Steve Evans. Well, I think first half it was the golf and everything that Oxford did versus what we did was huge. Um, we looked as if we'd never worked on the system, the shape of play, everything. We just were all over the place. And um, we were grateful to get to half-time at 3-0. What I would say, in the first 10 minutes, it looked as if we started really bright. We started well, but they got a goal because we go chasing wrongly and it creates the space for the boy Henry and he does what he does. Um, but we said second half, we had to change it. We had to bring a lot more discipline and shape to our team. And we had to get through the game and the objective in the second half was, was not to lose the second half, as last as that sounds, because it's only in comic books does. Once every five years does it go from 3-0 to a win or a draw. So um, we did that in the second half without being overly creative. But... We limited them to one half chance and we probably had the two best chances in the second half. But second half much better than first half, that's the only plus. I think the players knew we'd, we looked all over the place. Um, the gaps in, all over the field, were all over the pitch were, were huge in their favour. And um, they knew when we came in. So it was just a case of how do we plan to change it? And we'd planned to change it five, ten minutes before half time and the, the plan was already done. So we executed the plan and we talked them through it. And to a degree, we, that was very effective in the second half. I know they'll come down a bit. I know they'll come down a bit. Carl, I think, when they played Wednesday as well, but not many of them did. Um, but they're a good side. Well done. And uh, we'll go back on the training ground and we'll work hard. You don't forget the bad days. Um, you remember the bad days more than the good days, to be fair. And after a lot of success. Um, this was a, the first half was a bad day. Second half wasn't a bad day, but the first half is. And, um, you know, we got away lightly at three at half time. And I think they're probably a bit lucky that we draw the second half and not win it. Um, but there we go. It's, they were much better than us. They look much better in every area of the pitch. And we'll congratulate Carl. He's got an excellent side. I said it in the build-up. I said it afterwards. Got an excellent side. They'll be up there for sure. And, and we'll learn from it as best we can and put it into practice on the training ground.
is the worst half my team's played in a long, long time. But you have you have that, don't you, as a manager? Um, what I did say to them at the end was we asked for character at half-time. We asked not to lose the second half. We asked them to have some pride in their own individual performance and some pride in playing for the shot. I think in large we demonstrated that in the second half with it being overly creative. Um, and we, we stifled them more than was creative, but all should score after five minutes into the second half. That looks an open goal and a tap in. And then Marshall's put one across the box, you know, it's all the same box, but it was never going to be a day for a 3 0. I'm disappointed. We started so well in the first nine, ten minutes. It's constantly in their half, it's constantly running about their box. We lacked a lot of quality in forward areas. We, Alec and Brandon, they didn't get the, the quality out of the boots today that they've, they both possess. The ball came back too easily and we gave it away in good areas. But at nine, ten minutes, I think it's their first strike of goal actually that goes in. And then it sets the tone with the confidence rising because they've been such a good week. We need to start winning some games. We said it before today, we said it before last week, we need to start winning some games. And, um, you know, but they'll, they'll need to earn the rights to, to play next week. It won't be about who, who plays because they play, it'll be they need to earn the right. You know, there's a, there's a lot of poor performances in that first half, but there was a lot of resolute performances in the second half. I can't even, I can't even fault. You know, the players didn't try any different in the second half. We just had a lot more shape, a lot more discipline and uh, a lot more less freedom given to certain players that played with freedom that gave us a dis-shape in the first half, if that makes sense. Well, we'll talk about it on Monday with the players, as you'd expect us to do. We'll break it down and then that's gone and we have to get ready for South End. That's the nature of football. You know, two weeks today past, we're beating Wickham and everybody thinks we're great. I mean, there was bits of that performance that wasn't so good, so... We'll go back on the training ground and walk hard. People want to smack us up and in the face. That's what happens in football. And um, but we'll be fine. And in ice hockey, Kent and Victor Dynamos have beaten Milton Keynes Thunder 6-3 in their South Division 1 game. It was a good end to the weekend for the Moes last night after they lost to Streatham in the Southern Cup on Saturday. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day and overnight, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.